0: Hello everybody, welcome to Sonic Talk episode, oh I better remember, what is it, 729, yeah, recording today on Wednesday the 21st of September. I'm looking up because I've got all these kind of screens everywhere which are now, I'm running in, uh, uh, what's that one, the uh, uh, portrait mode um, so that I can get all the information in because there's loads of comments coming in and questions and whatnot. Uh, this is music technology podcast, uh, we are here uh, to talk about music technology and there is some music technology, comes to September, things seem to start picking up so we've got some news on that but oh, we've also got, uh, questions from the panel later, for the panel later. In fact, if you want to leave a question for the panel uh, in the live chat, either in uh, IRC or in the YouTube chat or in the Twitch chat, if you start a comment with the uh the letters QQ, it will show up in my little list and then we can move it over and people can uh, take a look and, and we'll, we may well get round to answering it. If we don't, we're building up a kind of, you know, a backlog up to a degree. We'll help clear some of that and that will actually, we'll end up sort of maybe having a show where we just do questions. So that's that's kind of the way that I'm thinking about it. Um, but yeah, I want to say thanks to everybody for joining us. Um, also, I just want to give you a quick message of our Patreon because uh, we've got some news on our Patreon and um, here it is. Hey, why don't you consider joining us on Patreon? Very reasonably priced. We've kept it at two tiers, actually. Uh, we were going to introduce a new tier, but we figured that times are a bit hard. So what we do is uh, put some of the stuff that we we're going to put in that upper tier into the existing tier. So for instance, you'll get the uh, review previews where you can ask us questions and also those exclusive videos that we'll post as part of uh, the this now new tier benefit from existing tiers in fact we're going to do the Oberheim OBX8 uh, we ask for questions there's quite a lot coming there so we'll be posting that to this tier you also get ad free versions of Sonic Talk and also the pre-show as well I posted some Super 6 patches Matt's uh, Matt Hodson Maths posted the Percon's HD01 extras, including samples. You also get that. And um, incidentally, we've also just introduced uh, a yearly subscription. You can now join. I think it's 12 or 14% discount if you fancy that. And if you do it before the end of the show, your name will appear in the end credits because it's automatically done. So if you do fancy joining us on Patreon, it's much fun. In fact, there's also a Discord there as well. And uh, yeah, keep stay posted. There's more stuff to come. Very reasonably priced. Anyway, welcome everybody. We'll say hello to our guests now. Uh, we've got uh, Mr. Rich Hilton's back. It's nice to see him. Uh, I thought you were heading off to tour again, but you're still here, which is great news. <laughs> oh, and you're muted. Is that me or you? Ah, hey, take a drink. That's me.
1: I was, uh, I was ah. eliminating the background noise actually. Ah, oh, uh, well, thank you. I'm in pursuit of loving. audio excellence. <laughs> um, I'm leaving tomorrow for a festival on Friday in Arkansas, in, uh, of all places, where I don't think I've ever played before. Oh, well, no, I have played in Arkansas before, actually, um, and back on Saturday. So it's going to be a bunch of down and backs, as I call them, one-offs for a little while.
0: Sorry, I hope you don't mind me adjusting you in real time there. I mean, it seems like a very personal thing to do, but I'm just trying to make sure our two-shot is perfect. Oh, anyway, Lovely to have you, Rich. And we've Thank also you. got uh, Mr. Gaz Williams, who's there in Bristol. Uh, Gaz, look, it's looking very warm and sunny in your place. Have you been adjusting your LUTs or your <laughs> colour correction or something?
2: No, actually, it looks a bit, no. But, uh, it's entirely, um, I think maybe there's a bit of yellowy-orangey light in here, I think. Um, but I have been outside a lot as well, so maybe I'm a little bit red-faced.
0: <laughs> oh, well, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no, I've got a new light because uh, we this, these things are fantastic, these little strip lights. I had one for the last show, but it... it there was a problem with it. it wouldn't run on USB pads, so it would always run out before the end of the show. Whereas these are, uh, are fixable, so hopefully um, they'll be useful and they'll be useful in, uh, in for all of our stuff coming up. Uh, yeah, you, I, I did mention we've got the OBX8 in for review. There it is in all its uh, it's pretty impressive, massive glory. And uh, and I've been I set up my modular um, because yesterday I was on the Office Hours Global um, as a panelist guest. And they were talking about Eurax, so I thought I'd try that out and uh, check out my my inputs and all outputs, gazinters and gazouters, I think, uh, as uh, as uh, Rich sometimes calls them. I'm not quite sure what the reference is there, but hey, it, it's fine by me. Right, so we do have uh, we do have. Uh, oh yeah, I I wanted to say um, coming up. Uh, we've got uh, the uh, an Anthony Rother interview. Who's a really uh, highly regarded um techno artist and he's got some uh kick drum samples for you on Patreon. that's actually live now actually it's a written interview because he's quite camera shy um but um quite a scoop to get in that's well done to Midiara for grabbing that Uh, and i also should say thank you to wagyu and thank you to dom uh for maintaining the the chat stuff and uh dom for uh, uh, wagyu for keeping the lonely ladies out of the chat. At least, I'm assuming that's what's going on. <laughs> or maybe he's clipping them for later use. Who knows? I don't know him well enough. Um, right, so let's start with uh, a topic, shall we? Let's go. Um, let me see. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, there's news, product news, right? Let's go. Call <laughs> Drumologue. Uh, we heard it, it's been announced. But it's actually well. This is a pre-announcement. Announcement. They've built it now, <laughs> and so you'll be able to buy it. I think end of uh, November. I can't remember what the date was, but it's six hundred bucks or uh, six hundred pounds. Uh, Eleven voices. I think there's six analog voices, uh, four digital, and a user one as well, which is, uh, uses that kind of nifty uh, programmatic of code that you can do on the Korg NTX and the Log, and it does, does look kind of cool. Plus four stereo uh, assignable outputs. Everybody in the world seemed to get one for the release, release apart from us, so uh, I don't know why that is, but hey, I, what can I say? It's just, this seems to be the way it is We call, But it's here. So Korg Drummolog, I mean, drum machines, Generally, no, not always something that one would get excited about. But this one seems like it's got some really cool synthesis stuff as well, and I think that's the thing that interests me a lot. And I think maybe there'll be some chops from the um, uh, from the oh god, what is it? The SQ thirty two or sixty four? That that there was some really nice kind of sequency, performative, uh, ratcheting, and probability and step length stuff that was done really nicely. I know, Gaz, are you uh, are you thinking "Mm, maybe I should? eh?"
2: Yeah, I love drum machines, and um, what makes a good drum machine is the playability of it, you know, to differentiate it from software, because amazing software drum machines out there. But um, so the programmability, the playability, you know, is paramount. Uh, You know, I've got my, I I see the sort of uh, Erica Synth's Percon as an amazing playable drum machine, and this one looks similar in that it's got, lots and lots of hands-on real-time control i think as well this kind of hybrid analog digital approach is it's just kind of what people want as we know digital is amazing for drum machines uh, as is analog so bringing them together uh fantastic now are we aware if um i'm sorry if i've missed this detail but you know the additional things you could get for the mini log xd the extra um effects and aftermarket stuff Will it be open for that sort of development? Yes. Yeah. The short answer mm. to
0: that is yes, it will. Uh, there is actually, uh, in fact, I think Sign Vibes have got something. They've done a, like a two-oscillator synth voice in there uh, because in the there are two user slots, but one user voice. So you can choose which one at any time you want to do. it. And I guess that mm. that goes into the I don't know what 32k or 64k of of it's like really old school amount of code. Yeah. So Sign Vibes it comes with some Sign Vibes stuff. And I think there's also uh, user slots for the effects. So I'm hoping that because there's a send effects and I think two insert effects, if I, or maybe mm. two send effects and one I can't remember which actually now. But maybe uh, what will some of the sign vibe stuff will go. So I loaded some of that sign vibe stuff into my uh, mini logger. XD. No, the Korg NTS, I haven't got the XD anymore, sadly. I've only got the uh, the regular, which doesn't have any of that. So, yeah, all of that stuff is going to be there, which mm. I think, you know, you're right in saying, hmm, I wonder if you can extend the sequencer capability, sort of, whether they've opened that up mm. as well, or that might be probably a little, that could be too chaotic, couldn't it? I don't know uh, how you do that.
2: Well, for me, and with my modular live rig, um, Mutable Instruments Grids has completely revolutionised the way I approach playing around with drums so i'd like to see if they did something like that which uh, i mean actually that's all open source so they could absolutely lift elements of that but um but uh what makes that really good is that rather than having to program every beat every pattern you've got like essentially loads of patterns that you can morph and crossfade between so i'd be i'd be really interested to see if there's elements like that which um w- which which means you can really, really jam with it.
0: I um, haven't really mm, yeah, looked
2: absolutely. deeply into this, but, yeah, that, that sort of stuff would float my boat.
0: Yeah, Rich, I don't know if you saw there, there was a, a comment from uh, 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 Ken... Uh, uh, oh, gosh, it's gone past. It should, it should say his name. It doesn't, for some reason. I'm sorry about that. Everyone loves the digital analogue drum machines, but don't love real drummers. I don't think that's true. Some love to your favourite drummer, but, yeah, that's fair enough. But uh, drum machines, are you kind <laughs> of... Are you, are, you, are you into drum machines?
1: i love drum machines i grew up using them i've used them since the beginning i've used them all pretty much up till lately and then not lately um i spent a good amount of time looking into this product because i was very curious about it and it's a really really complete design product with tons and tons of features and lots of things you can do with individual steps of any given sequence and with the sounds themselves and the ways that they're being manipulated. And to answer your question before, the master bus has reverb and delay and the other buses have one available effect, whether it be compression or whatever you choose right. to
0: do. Right, okay, um, gotcha.
1: As far as what I learned about the architecture. And I watched this guy operate it for a while. and. I decided that as good a product as it is, and as I'm sure it well-received as it will be, it's not for me, and here's why. It doesn't look like much fun to me. (laughs) All this menu diving, good God, and secondary buttons to get from place to place, and just the simple operation of the device, as far as its application to live uh, things, which is what Gaz was just sort of referencing in a different way, um, doesn't look... The ratio of fun to, to, to features doesn't work for me. It's just a little too feature-laden and a little too obtuse in terms of the operation of the thing. That said, it does a gillion things. And if you want a drum machine that does a million things and has good sounds, this is probably it. Um, and I don't know how it compares to the Digitact and those other products like it, the Electron products. But uh, this just doesn't look like a heck of a lot of fun. You know, if I think of fun, I'm thinking of something more looks like the drum brute or something, where things are laid out a little more broadly and there's a little more knob per function
2: uh, Mm.
1: uh, ability in terms of the manipulation of the device. Maybe it's because I'm old school and I've been using drum machines for so long, but the fact that it's got 10 million features doesn't interest me as much as how I get to them.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I mean, I think one of the things that I would say is also there seem to be, you know, there are two schools of thought and there's a product we might talk about a bit later, you know, because there's the drum synthesis thing, which could be very interesting. One thing I really liked, I I did see there was loads of in-depth stuff, but one of them, the analog drum machine, the analog bass drum has, you know, the analog kind of synthesis method, but it's also got this little transient kind of, thing that you can add and that you can change the character of that transit and that's really important for for drum synthesis Mm -hmm. as well and and those are the sort of things that you know maybe the drum synthesis you you'd gravitate more towards rather than maybe the performative or the sequencing side of things because most of the time you're going to want to unless it really does have that stuff at the front you know you're going to want to 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 do via the sequencer of your choice like you said gaz you know uh, with your uh, mutable instruments grids or whatever it may be right
2: yeah uh, yeah and you know like i mentioned the, the uh, erica since uh, percon now what's quite interesting there is that one is is almost the opposite in terms of features it's not heavily feature-laden it's it's kind of four voices and everything's kind of laid out in a, a particular way i mean I, I think there is a little bit of um uh, i think the, the grid can do double up in a few different ways but in the most it's all about performing and actually restricting it to just four voices and i guess the the scope to become like really fluid and sort of um you know play it like an instrument and and uh, and I wonder with this, and to sort of back up Rich there, just how how much you, how good you could get on it, and I'm, I'm sure people will, and that'll be really interesting to see. But uh, sure. I, I, I do love the idea of them as instruments, and and I just don't know. We've talked about this before on this show. Uh, <laughs> with a lot of the music tech stuff if people actually ever get the hours to put in to get really really mm. good you know muscle memory and just be able to you know like Chenk is with the electron stuff just, just super fluid um but yeah it will be interesting to see
0: it's interesting isn't it because i mean in many ways you know some people would say let's say that the mpc is the ideal performative drum machine uh, uh kind of Interface whereas you know triggering so triggering the sounds from the Korg via that might actually make more of a difference But here's an intro just this is just an aside that came in. Uh, this was from uh, oh, no, that's not the one I want Oh for goodness sake. Why isn't it working? I want it to work today Let's see <laughs> It's not working. It was Paul LeBlanc basically uh, who, What's your what asked? What was your first favorite drum machine? Which I think is a very reasonable question um, I think uh, has it come up? Yes, there we go. No, it's not. It's not worked at all. Never mind. Uh, I, I don't know why that is. But I, I think that's kind of an interesting point. I, I don't know what my first favourite... I think my, the first one I bought was the Korg DDM-110, which was shocking. And it probably put me off drum machines for life. So <laughs> I've never really... I don't think I've ever had a drum machine where I thought whoa, this is the way I want to program drums. You know, if if only I I had the time. to. I don't know, Gaz, what was your first and fa- maybe your favorite first drum machine?
2: First on famous, my uh, Roland 606, you know, which yes. uh, I loved that thing. And in part because I had a four-track recorder, I could program entire songs in. I'd pr- I would spend ages on that, on that thing, putting all the fills in and playing around with odd time signatures and all sorts of stuff. It was really creative in that way, in terms of arranging... Um, you know full sort of songs uh and sounded great as well um one of these things i stupidly sold for 40 quid and bought some i think it was a was it an rx8 or something which i just just never liked in terms i don't I, I, it's uh one of those loves i've lost sort of thing um but i've had loads over the years uh and I, um, yeah, definitely the 606 was my first proper drum machine. Um, yeah, and I've not had one quite as charming since. <laughs> well,
0: not not really very performative, that. But I, I think it must be like, no. it's many things, isn't it? It's kind of like the car you learn to drive in. You know, you always have a sort of, a sort of misty uh, uh, um, uh, recollection of it because it, it, it's some sort of experience that you met. Or you learnt... <laughs> The basics of that particular interface, and then maybe the ones after, it's harder to kind of really. I know you, Rich, you don't necessarily share this sort of technological nostalgia that uh, that I sometimes do about historical <laughs> things. But, but I mean, in terms of drum machines, you know, is there a one that, that really kind of I did do, it for you? I when do you have f-
1: some romance about this, as a matter of fact.
0: <laughs> um, well,
1: first of all, the, first, the answer to the first drum machine I used, and it's arguably a drum machine, it's more of a beatbox, was a Korg wood grain thing that I think used, became known eventually as the Mini Pops, but it was basically a bossa nova machine with like yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. 15 buttons with preset. It sort of predated the CR 78, but sounded substantially like what became later the CR 78 Roland. Um, and I used to use it on gigs. and uh, And I have a warm spot for the gigs that I played with it, even though at the time it felt like a compromise because they couldn't afford to pay for our drummer. And then uh, when actual proper, quote unquote, digital drum machines began to appear, I became enamored of Lindrum and used it extensively and created the music that eventually got me what became my career uh, on it, on, uh, actually on a pair of them. And um, Lindrum was my thing, and in a big way it was my thing. And I have tremendous affection for the time I spent using it. I'm not necessarily aching to own one right now and use it the same way as I used it then, but I'm very proud and uh, warm about the
0: things we did. Yeah, lately. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just looking at this, actually, it looks like, because you've got, you've, got, you've got four knobs per voice uh of the analog voices and then presumably other parameters depending on what you've got selected but below in which mode you're in but yeah it looks like it has to be very modal but i mean you've still got the levels the kind of 808 style levels across the top on the little mini pots that'll get you to your output so yeah 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 yeah. yeah, it looks kind of yeah yeah. and it's got some separate outputs and stuff that
1: you can peel things out on i think there's four outputs that you can take things out of individually and remove them from the stereo master bus and uh It's really actually a very completely well-designed device and it's got as i said tons and tons of features and all it you're balancing some combination of live performance controls and menu diving with these things and yeah menu diving takes us back to dx7 and and all of those kinds of machines and then we've kind of gone away from it in the interim and when everybody wanted knobs for one knob for a function or maybe two and two functions and now we're kind of balancing what is menu diving worthy and what is knob worthy and how many knobs do you want to put and how many b- shift buttons do you have to use to get to this thing that you might want to do? And mm. that's what I'm seeing. Uh, one
0: thing that w- I think one thing that surprised me a little bit was the fact that it didn't go for the kind of the standard grid, whether it's nine or twelve or sixteen, you know, because that is a, that can be a very modal way of uh, programming. And also, it, it means that you could use finger drumming, you know a lot more on it as well if you need to. And I, I don't know. That, that's, I'm surprised at that. Uh, There's also uh, a message in from uh, um, somebody on YouTube. I'm sorry, I had, for some reason, it doesn't have their names. Uh, Currently, best drum machine is the Torize SP-16, super fast Flow and Superb Sound with Stereo Drive and Filters. I think that's Dave Smith. Uh, Sequential worked on that one. It's massively overlooked. Okay. I think part of the reason it was overlooked was because the firmware just kind of ended up being a little bit orphaned. It didn't kind of... There were things that didn't end up getting fixed, and that was... Uh, oh gosh who's the tour eyes it's um de- oh, I it's can't pioneer. pioneer that's right thanks gaz um yeah but i remember when they came out they were considered to be uh, quite revolutionary mm-hmm. in some ways yeah mm. does sp relate in some way to early
1: emu product drum machine product like as uh, there was an sp12 and an sp1200 and not still really remakes oh okay
0: not as far as I remember. Uh, I have to find a picture of it, but uh, I've just got okay. my head's too full of, uh, too full no of trying to figure out no the titles are working at. <laughs> I'll get there. Anyway, so that's available now, um, uh, or will be available soon. I think it's around about six or $700, 600 quid. It's a nice uh, I think part of the reason that we we didn't get them here was um, I think that all the release was handled by the US, so they sent it out to all the various kind of influencers that they work with. I guess we're not influencers. We're more sort of journalists, maybe, so maybe that's comment but uh, it's a thing we need to sort out with Korg. send us stuff Korg. we we'd love to review it although if you're going to go for that mass mass deadline thing make sure it's got enough time beforehand that's one of the other things i suppose i do shy away from that because i don't like having to review something deeply and only have like 7 days to do it that's that's the th- i suppose that's my own fault <laughs> okay right uh let's see what's uh what's the time oh well let's let's actually go for a little word from our friends over at um Baby audio. Of course, Baby Audio makes creative effects, plugins uh, designed to add color and depth to your mixes. Uh, why not think about uh, Crystalline? is a really interesting algorithmic reverb uh, inspired by 20th century studio reverbs but offering higher fidelity thanks to 21st century computing power with a variety of creative features such as the ability to tempo sync pre-delay and reverb decay times. Really interesting piece of work. Uh, get 15% off when checking out with the code ST15 at babyaudio.com. Once again, then we thank them for their support of the. Show and if you want to check out any, you, you can actually save fifteen percent on anything using the code st fifteen at checkout, and we uh, encourage you to do so. Okay, right. What's uh, what's our next one? There's a few things that sort of came out kind of quickly in, in succession. Did you, anyone see of the uh, any of the NobCon stuff? Because um, Jim uh, Hayward, Air Monkey Music, went to NobCon at the last minute um, and did a fantastic job. He he's pioneering the kind of one man and a phone with minimal equipment, and he asked all the right questions there was some great stuff there in fact maybe what I'll do is um, let me find the uh, there's one video that I really I really enjoy well a couple of things for well we're I suppose we're on the subject of um, of drum machines there's a uh, hey, hey, the mod uh, back
3: Corey banks at knobcon new module
0: yeah so I got Trinity uh, let's look at here the new Trinity module here's a digital drum synth array The reason I call it a a Drum Synth Array is because it's a three-channel drum module but you have four different drum uh, synth algorithms that you can assign to any of the three channels. I'll just fast forward it here because it makes some really, I thought it made some really cool sounds. Anyway, I, I won't bang on about it too much. I know uh, Corey Cory's a great friend of the show. In fact, last time we saw him, we took him out to dinner at uh, in Berlin. It was lovely to spend some time with him, uh, and he's been on a few times. Gaz, I, I'm being modular. I'm wondering if this is also something you're thinking. Mm, have you got any of the mob stuff, or are you uh, are you no? Yet but yet to i would like them. Pl-
2: it does. Yeah, it looks great. Uh, and I know that with um, yeah, S. Mattison worked on the last one, didn't they? Uh, from formerly of Electron and. Uh, Largely brains behind the, the Digitone with the, um, oh, forget what it's called now, Modbap's previous release, the uh, where they did like an FM based uh, module, I think. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, they, they look really nice. They got nice designs and they were really. Um, Big emphasis on performability. So yeah, I've yeah, got my yeah. eyes on those. Yeah, really cool. And uh I, I talked to uh I talked to Corey at, at Super Booth, uh, the most recent superbooth, and uh yeah it's it's all happened so fast and amazing and taken off really really probably. yeah he's and, got it to
0: sweetwater. I mean that's massive yeah it? yeah massive
2: yeah yeah so really you know really exciting and uh, such a cool such a cool guy uh so I mean <clears throat> And he's been uh, a real kind of leading light in um, social media for hip hop producers uh, for a long time. And this idea that uh, coming into the modular world from that hip hop background and bringing a lot of the kind of uh, mm-hmm. what hip hop producers may be looking for and you know, bringing that into the modular world, I think gives gives modbap a, a particular angle which is quite different um so the performer the first module they released has got those big four like um, it's like four effects but you've got the yeah big, arcade buttons the, the that arcade that's really good on there yeah so i mean you know i think uh i think that perspective then i think is just unique well as far as i'm aware in, in modular uh so yeah good i think this is going to be that keeps it always interesting and you know having that extra uh dimension i suppose coming in um but, and this looks great as well and some people might think hmm, three voices isn't really a lot when it comes to drum machines but um it actually in i think it, in modular it does actually make a lot of sense with um, all that modulation
0: as well yeah that's the point With all, yeah, and There's everything that you can do Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. So, um, I've got the um, the quad. uh, I'm just looking for it. It's um, the quad drum from um, Vlad VPME uh, here, which is uh, an astonishing drum machine, uh, drum uh, module rather, um, that takes a similar approach, offering various digital models uh, as well as um, samples. Um, But uh, I think. Again, you know, that's just like four voices, so similar three, you know, uh, low low voice count. But um, <laughs> I can't believe I'm interested in all this stuff now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I well, uh, uh, yeah, I I totally get. I mean, it's you know, and I, I think Corey's just getting something right, isn't it? And it's it, yeah, yeah. I, I know, Rich. I don't know if you got a chance to see some of this stuff uh, and whether or not it's uh, um, some of the sounds. I thought, I mean, we were hearing the the kind of slightly wackier end there, but. It was, there was some really nice stuff that he was coming out with just on straight demo. And he did some sample packs as well.
1: I loved this thing. I thought it looked Ooh. like tremendous fun to be using and uh, enjoyed Corey's presentation of it immensely. It was really clear and direct and went straight to the features that would interest you as a creative synthesis, trying to find percussive ways to. It was just a cool box and. Well designed and plenty of stuff to grab and do stuff with, and plenty of inputs. When you start modulating things, things get really cool, and I just thought it was wonderful. I loved this thing. If I had a modular yeah. reel, I'd buy it immediately.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing, Seriously. isn't it? It's the maybe of, two of them. It, it's the yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I know <laughs> what you're saying. Maybe you could hook it up with these uh, the performative sequencer of your choice, then, and then you'd have real hands-on stuff. That would be great fun, right? Uh, yeah. I definitely think. Um, any other videos that you saw uh, the KnobCon stuff? I mean, there was a couple for me. Did you see the Tidbits Audio thing, which is this guy who's made? Uh, I think I've got I got a bit of video mm-hmm. for that. Let me just have a look. Uh, he's made all these kind of little passive. Um, where did I put it? Uh, I think it's on. Here with this Nick guy. From
3: Tidbit Audio. Hey, so uh, what I have. Do you want to just show that? Yeah. Here? What have you got down so here? So these are uh, passive utilities. Uh, PatchPoint. So we got a. Uh, Switch multiple here attenuators. This is a fuzz effect that can be driven with control voltage. Um, And then we have up here we have some switches so momentary that way, latching that way. So just little,
0: I mean, just. I thought that was really genius in a lot of ways. I mean, uh, because most of these things, you have to buy modules and stick them in. But these, I mean, I suppose it is is—it is a bit nutty, isn't it, uh, um, uh, Gaz, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, if we were going to get that way, there is a sort of element of clag nut to them. But just really, hmm. some of them have power from CV as well. So they'll drive some kind of a yeah. an effect that's built in. It's sort of a bit retrocrity hmm. vibe, isn't it? Brilliant.
2: Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, really good. It sort of brings to mind... Um big friend a uh, big friend of sonics um tonal axis is uh, just releasing some modules now pass some um with some passive modules and he's got one actually I uh, got one here which is uh the two axis an attenuator and that that kind of is for no, you know takes up no hp it's uh, but that's got kind of full size jacks on there as well so you can use it as like a passive attenuator but also you can bring in jackson attenuate um you know out, what's going out the jack as well as a, a little passive one but uh, yeah tonal access has got some really cool stuff so worth checking out but um sorry that was a little plug there because i think it, the stuff he's doing he's just he's just entering the the market with um sort of this kind of stuff so i thought that was interesting because it's uh <clears throat> feels quite that feels quite zeitgeisty i mean everybody is uh so kind of hp conscious in the modular world um that actually doing stuff Outside of. Uh, I got one of those things here you gave me years ago. Uh, I can't remember who made them. Was it tipped up? There's a little attenuating. Um, oh, cables, little yeah. Play. little
0: attenuating cable.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, which works on in some things, doesn't work on other things. Uh, so um, so I think with uh, passive stuff, it's not always going to
0: I know. I spe- I'm just imagining the kind of massive bag of uh yeah, a, a a stuff that you have and you have got to reach in and is that the one no that is that the one you know it's a, how do you it's like it, it, how do you store and kind of utilize it I mean, it seems like a great idea if you have it all on blister packs in your shop and you go yes i want to use that one but once you've got it all out of the packaging and it's jumbled in a in a kind of uh, it might be a little bit impractical i don't know rich i mean you're not in modular world is there anything equivalent there are sort of equivalent in regular jack world where you might put something in like cloud lifters and all sorts of stuff but they're a bit more sort of further up the food chain i guess in terms of cost yeah well this Why is splits
1: this is the <laughs> ultimate clagnut you know collection i have to admit um and uh i think it's a cool idea to have fancy plugs which is what i look at them as kind of they're fancy plugs with switches and functions and they actually seem to respond to control voltages and that's you know it's clever uh do you want more stuff sticking out the front of your synthesizer i don't know i don't have one um i'll leave that to the experts um (laughs) particularly the euro rack sized ones because my experiences with modular predated euro rack so i'm used to bigger bigger scenarios uh, physically, you know, more spread out. So I don't know how that would affect my wish to use these or not, because everything's kind of crammed onto these, you know, rack sized boards, and you're trying to maximize the number of things you can, the Gazintas and Gazoutas, if you will, um, of the modules. And Corey's, for example, has a ton of jack points on it and uh if you started to try to plug some of these into it how would that relate to the functionality of the unit how would it limit the functionality of the unit or they can't all be the size of a bantam plug or whatever those mini jacks are that they're using um you know they have to be somewhat wider than that and how does that affect the way you use your gear you know i have have physical questions about using them but as an idea i love the thing and if it's well built then people like using it then Bravo.
2: Yes yeah, the, yeah, the switches totally. the switches do look really useful at low, especially if yeah. you've got um you know you can just switch those modulations on and off um or with yeah. and it's got that, that momentary one as well uh so i can see that sort yeah. of stuff in real um performability to your to kind of to your rig absolutely yeah. just a bit of
0: a nightmare for moving it around i mean because all those things rattling around in the front of your case or having to put them back together uh, might be yeah i mean i suppose practically uh, they're brilliantly nifty perhaps less immediately practical in terms of Um, transportation and whatnot. But yeah, great idea. I don't know Uh how much they're priced at. Reasonable, I think. I posted the Etsy mm-hmm. link uh, and uh, and so you can decide. Um, but I, great to support. Cool. I mean, it's the sort of thing, in the same way that um, certain manufacturers kind of created their own little, I can't remember, it's like the Intelligel kind of one new format. They just said, well, I want something up here that I can just bring down and make noise, do the same thing. And it just kind of like, it becomes a thing after a while and then it's built in and you could just imagine that sort of thing maybe migrating into, into some format as yet unknown that makes it uh, more practical to use, uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm. But great. Uh, And massive thanks to Jim for the coverage. I mean, there was some really good stuff. A shout-out for the uh, Golden Shrimp Guild as well, which just looked really good. Just a collection of people who... Uh, encourage you to perform live, you know, so they kind of create their own audience, promote it, tell you how to kind of set up so that you can just kind of go, well, why don't you do a gig next Saturday live on, on- online and there'll be maybe 50, 100 people watching it. And it's just a really brilliant way to get into performing without the hassle of actually having to drive somewhere, uh, get a hotel, <laughs> deal with all of that stuff. I thought that was really good, but yeah, brilliant work. And uh, congratulations to Suit and Tie Guy and the team for putting the mm. show on, oh, definitely. Uh, Yes, okay, well, uh, now it's uh, time for uh, a a word from our friends over at Isotope.
3: Isotope Producers Club is a one of a kind membership for producers ready to take their tracks to the next level. Once you join, you'll gain access to powerhouse Isotope plugins and a curated selection of tools from our partners, such as Melodyne from Celemony. Plus, as long as you remember, you'll get every future update to the Isotope plugins in your membership for no extra cost. We'll also regularly serve you new, curated content like exclusive, inspiration-sparking sample packs and preset packs, and industry-leading training ranging from our own tutorials to vocal production lessons from the world-renowned Berkeley Online, taught by Grammy-winning producer and engineer Prince Charles Alexander. With new content being added every month full of valuable production techniques, tips and tricks, and solutions to common production problems, becoming a member is an investment in your career that grows as you and your career do. For more information on Isotope Producers Club, head to isotope.com.
0: And of course, we thank them for the t- continued sponsorship of the show. In fact, if you want to head over to isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk, there is a uh, special page there, and you can use the code Sonic 10 to claim 10% off any of your software purchases, not including subscriptions. But uh, much appreciated that. Oh. Ozone 10,
2: Nick. Ozone 10.
0: Yes, of course. Ozone 10 oh. is out uh, as well. Yeah. You can save Which... 10% on that. But um uh, you're you're a big user of Ozone ten, I'd imagine, because it's uh, It's been my yeah, main
2: my main form of income for the last twenty years, more or less, Ozone. So Wow. Uh, bigger it it really has. Um so i'm a big fan Uh, so i'm always really really curious to see what they do with the new updates and uh there are some fantastic new things in the new one uh, including something called recover sides which is um which is quite interesting um like when you use the imager if you're trying to narrow the sub frequencies for especially you know for vinyl uh, mastering um it does something weird to the stereo and this recover sides allows you to kind of have that nice mono base, but it kind of preserves the, uh, the width. I mean, it's something that you <clears throat> wanted the imager to, to do before, but now this is in here, which is, a. Uh, it always felt a little bit of a compromise you'd you'd suck the bass into mono uh, and lose a little bit of the the weight in the stereo mids and uh, now that that seems to be sort of uh, rectified with this new new thing which looks really good and the other thing as well is that the mastering assistant I shouldn't really mention this because I'm you know it <laughs> formerly was the software that was my breadwinner <laughs> the mastering assistant is really really good and that's expanded um, quite a lot in the new version as well um when the mastering assistant first came out i thought what's this rubbish and i thought right okay what i'll do is i'll just run a master through it this is a previous quite a few versions ago when it first debuted uh and then I'll I'll just I won't listen to it I'll just pr- I'll just run off a master and then I'll do a master and then I'll compare masters and see which one was better was <laughs> oh <Is> it
0: um <laughs> <laughs> did he get the job he got the job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's so, good. I uh, mean, because initially yeah. those things, I know we've seen some of the examples that um, Isotope used to be a little bit too overcooked in some of their presets and examples. And I think they've spent yeah. a lot of time with the AI stuff. They're pulling it back and pulling it back. So you can really, it's a lot more tasteful and obviously learning yeah. all the time with the the, the um, stuff. So, yeah.
2: Well, yeah, the new Master Assistant now gives you uh, different... Um, genres to kind of work within before that it was it wouldn't give you that it, it said it drew upon thousands of examples within the ai but now these examples are a kind of uh, it will actually identify if you play music into it it'll actually try to identify what the genre is which is quite an interesting idea it certainly shows off some of the uh, the ai um but you can also put in any song that you want similar to like doing master like time uh, like done, kind of stuff yeah. like um, uh, yeah yeah the EQ that we've had for a while but this sort of goes across the whole board into including sort of stereo width <clears throat> and uh, dynamics as well so analyzing like a hit record or, or a favorite record of your own and then you can use that as a sort of, I I should mention, this is to give you a starting point and to be fair to myself, I'll use the mastering assistant, but I will never, I wouldn't actually ever just do it blind, uh, not blindly, deftly.
0: What about if you were about to go on holiday, you had to catch a plane and you said you were going to do this thing and you didn't have the time and you just thought, oh, you know, you know, there's always a moment where you think, oh, maybe I'll just try it. But yeah, it's a slippery slope. It it speeds up.
2: (laughs) I mean, it speeds up the process enormously and... Uh, in isotopes, kind of advert speak, you know, they are saying and you know, a set, another set of professional ears to sort of are always helpful mm. on. Uh, not always helpful, though, are they? <laughs> you don't always want someone else's opinion. Oh, <laughs> yeah. um, you out uh, AI. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the mix is sounding good, but now you've undermined my confidence. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, but an exciting and quite a substantial release, actually. I think this is quite a big. Yeah, this yeah. is a big one. It seems the biggest one for a while, uh, in terms. of... I don't
0: know, Rich, whether you're an ozone user and uh, uh, will be upgrading to the uh, the later the later isotopes. I mean, I, I think we st- we use isotope on 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 the, the the bus out of this. I think I'm using neutron three, so I should probably upgrade at some point. But uh, it works for what I need, you know. For, but uh, yeah. I just neutron really is fantastic
1: of, of course it works yeah. for what you need um i've been using isotope, isotope products since whatever version one or two and um i have i've used and do use all of this stuff uh, neutron ozone there is a lot i like about it there's a lot i like about the assistant features that gaz was just and you were just talking about um and as you said it to me it's a it's a way of suggesting things to me ways of doing things that i might not have otherwise thought of myself because a lot of what's available today wasn't available when i was learning how to do this so it doesn't enter my thought process the same way so when i let the assistant run and it puts up a bunch of modules i would never have opened i get to examine what they're doing and listen to them and learn something whereas if i just keep doing the same things over and over again i don't learn anything and when I used to work in recording studios, assistants were always surprised that I wanted to see what they would do with a particular problem, because I already had an idea what I would do, and I could do always do that. But I don't learn anything if I just keep doing the same stuff over again. So this interest is this stuff interests me mostly from that perspective, and in particular with isotope, the interaction between instances of various pieces of software like Neutron and like Ozone are fascinating to me. And I've found really, really creative ways to use multiple instances of Neutron and get things happening between them with um, dynamic EQs and such that really, really support uh, clarity in the mix. And also I use their tonal balance control a lot because nobody that I know, (laughs) and stop me where I'm wrong here, has an ideal monitoring environment that they're working in 24 seven. And when you're having to mix things, and there are ranges of frequencies that you just can't hear where you're sitting having tonal balance control in front of you is really really helpful because mm. mostly people don't really hear if you're hearing bottom below 60 in your listening environment chances are it's distracting in other words it's you have to be able to see certain things that you can't hear in order to get them right. right. Um, and I find it incredibly useful to use their tonal balance control software and again I love the way it interacts. I know it has features like what you guys were describing where you can play in your favorite record and it'll set up a curve that looks like that and help you to get to that point. Um, now, well, now they're doing the help you to get to that point before they were just give it doing the I'll show you what it is and you know, let you run with it. So, you know, you could sample in whatever your favorite Steely Dan record or your favorite Earth, Wind & Fire record or your favorite, you know, Beyonce record or whatever it is. And it would create a curve that matches what, what they perceive that to be. So it's all very clever and cool and cute. As far as There's an aspect of it that's, I like doing this stuff. I don't want the machine to do it all for me. I mean, I I enjoy this. That's why I got into it, you know? So as happy as I am to receive the input and to learn from that input, um, at the end of the day, I want to do it. That's why I do it. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. 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 Well, of course, I think everybody uh, Black does, Front... and I think they appreciate that. I think they yeah. know that. I've met Jonathan Winer. Yeah, yeah. He's a great guy. He's very, very smart and very astute. And uh, I know that they know all of this. Um, so I'm not you know, saying anything they don't already know.
0: I was going to – how are we fixed for time? Because I was going to get some questions, but there was one topic I want to get in as okay. well. Is everybody Okay. For time, yeah. if we run over a little bit for past five? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, yeah, a black uh, as mentioned in the chat room, Black Friday's coming up. So, you know, there's always deals around there. So it might be a good time to jump in if you're interested in that stuff. Okay, right. Well, I had, um, there was, oops, that's not what I meant to press at all. Let's the other thing, by the way,
1: find- from a sales, for, if I may, just one more thing from a sales perspective is they're also bundling now with um, Native Instruments and Plugin Alliance, and they're giving away some really, really great stuff from those two companies along with whatever you buy from Isotope, And all yeah, three yeah. of those companies are kind of bundling together now and doing that.
0: Yeah, good shout, good shout. Okay, well, uh, this actually, I think this was announced yesterday or maybe the day before, and I just thought it was worth a mention because it's always good to hear stuff from uh, Spectrasonics. This is uh, new uh, updates to... Uh, Keyscape, Trillion and Omnisphere, which adds this thing called Flow Capture, which essentially will just capture the MIDI, the current patch, and uh, the audio to a WAV. So you could just kind of go, oh, I really like that. Uh, and then you can send that whole thing, the bundle, if they've, if they've got the same stuff, they can maybe run it in a session. It's a really cool idea. I'll just, I'll, I'll fast forward it a bit, much as I hate to curtail uh, and the lovely is playing there. And
4: something that has there. bugged me for a long time. And so I asked our team to make a special new recording feature in our standalone apps for Omnisphere, Keyscape, and Trillian to address this and it's called Flow Capture. It's incredibly useful and it's really simple to use. I'm gonna show you this, check this out. All I have to do to capture what I just did is to just stop the recording and hit enter. And now check this out, if I go to my desktop, Now I have all the files saved automatically and named automatically. I've got the audio file, so I can play that. And I've also got the MIDI file, so I've got the performances. And here's the unique part. It also saves the sound
0: settings of Keyscape. yeah, brilliant idea. I mean, the, that's not the current, the current patch. It's like if you, whatever you tweet, it's just, I mean, it's really simple. I, I'm sure there are other things that must do this, but it's just, uh, it's another, it's a free update for Omnisphere. And I, they'd never forgive me if I didn't mention it because they their updates are so few and far between, but when they do them, they kind of tend to kind of go large on it. And I think this, for a lot of people, um, Spectrosonics, provides a lot of uh, the sound sources for what they do. So I just wanted to throw that in there. I don't know, Rich, whether you've come across something like this before, but it's a pretty cool idea. A nice I think seat, it's Eric. wonderful. Um, yeah.
1: And if there was ever any doubt who the king of this, this communication <laughs> business is, let it be put to rest one more time how great... Eric Persing is at doing this and demonstrating it and being musical about it and being cool about it and making you appreciate why it's such a cool idea. And it is an incredibly cool idea what he's done here. And I applaud Eric. I think he's absolutely a rock star and a legend. And uh, this, is, this is a wonderful uh, add-on, and I've already pulled it down on both of these computers.
0: Yeah. Um, Right, good plan, good plan. I wonder um, because one of the things he says is, you know, the 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 hassle of setting up the kind of inputs of the outputs. And I wonder if this works uh, because most they do run as standalones as well. These don't they? I think. I wonder if it works in standalone. If it works in standalone mode, that might be
2: right. Okay, it's it's mainly about the standalone. Uh, aspect, and I think this is really cool because I think it sort of really plays into the idea that these are fully fledged instruments. You know, I know they're software, but fully fledged instruments. And when you do it in the stand, al- you know, when you use them in standalone, obviously, um not having that sort of quick ability to record is it, it solves that. And then, <clears throat> and then having those files that you can then bring in, and it's really clever because that can go across. You can make these kind of eight part mults and uh, multis um i said mults then that's why, yeah that's why you're yeah, a ruck I... <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but you can have your eight eight parts uh and whatever you've done in that setup when you bring that when you drag and drop that into uh into daw then it's all there or everything all the settings all the tweaks everything uh so so it, it bridging that gap between sort of production and just just jamming, just playing. And these instruments, they beg to be played. Um, keys, keyscape is such an inspiring instrument. Um, my friend Simon Preston just uses it all the time. And uh, it's like the central part. Well, that and Omnisphere and Trillion in his case. He's, he's the full trilogy guy. Um so i'm sure he'll he'll really love this uh but omnisphere uh which i've often mentioned and we've talked about this a lot haven't we nick omnisphere almost as one in terms of being the ultimate synthesizer so having this extra feature as well it's just just great you know you just uh yeah simplifying the process and yeah terrific Yeah,
0: well, I just wanted to put that out there. And it's uh, free and uh, the update's free at least. So if you're considering kind of jumping in that direction, it may well be worth uh, doing it now because you get all of that spare stuff right. I think we're going to get on to some... Questions Because, uh in fact, what I'm going to do uh, soon is introduce uh, the option of voting on questions. So there'll be a big list, a page, where all the list of questions is, and then you can upvote and downvote. You only get one vote per question. It just means that the stuff that people want to see. The answer to percolates to the top, and I've got a little colour-coded display. And currently, in my colour-coded display, I've got a question from uh, Aquatic Borealis, uh, who is... Uh, actually, I've got to press the right button uh, via YouTube... <laughs> Uh, are any of the panelists try, uh, trying to use touchscreen or for music making, Microsoft Surface or iPad? And this, this is a perennial question that does come up and it's worth mentioning because sometimes uh, it's, you know, things evolve and we use different things. I know Gaz probably is the guy here because you've been using it for a long time and you've always had the iPad Pro and, you know, using Cubasis and all that stuff. Has, has that changed subsequently? I mean, are you using it more or less? What's going on? <sighs>
2: Less, although I think you know, when we did Sonic Touch all those years back, which was a really exciting time, it felt just like uh, it was at the forefront of music technology. When it, when once the app stores started bringing out all these new ideas, I think, um, you know, <clears throat> some things are more suitable to touch. We've talked about this before sampler without an e sampler is an absolute a uh, perfect example of a touch idiom, an instrument that can only exist on a touchscreen, utilising that approach perfectly. Borderlands, another one, which is fantastic. Again, yeah. you could only Again, been, for, been
0: around for a while, though, so I mean... It's, been around for a while, yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: I, um, I like Cubasis in that I can just have a very simple, you know, multi-channel recorder that I use, uh, but then I will typically... Convert it across uh, to Cubase fully, and then uh, so just using it as a way of kind of capturing a compatible, a a compatible um, multi-track that I can just yeah bring straight into Cubase. Um, However, working on Cubasis is still scuppered by some kind of issues which I find unforgivable. (laughs) Namely, if you have if you are recording in a in a loop, and you take takes then you want to drag the ends out of a take to get the kind of the front or the end and you can't They're all. you have to then snip a bit off a previous take and gl- it's a deal breaker kills it in, for using it in any serious way so it's there's this kind of frustrating thing and i mean i'm talking about ipads here but it's a frustrating thing that i've found is that that they just that, that, that native ipad apps uh and not all actually some are. are great but in terms of being able to really genuinely um, compete with a you know a full DAW computer-based DAW there's gotchas and deal breakers that just prevent that from you know, from going the entire distance. However, referring to my earlier point, those certain apps where the touch idiom is great, it's, is, you know, is fantastic. And I also really like using an iPad as a control surface for, um, you know, with the native controllers. For instance, the Studio One from uh, the Studio One iPad controller for uh, Presonus's Studio One is fantastic and maybe the best. The logic one is also really yeah, it's good.
0: also very good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, so, and the logic one is
2: y- yeah, the logic one is specifically good because it actually uses the touchscreen for um for instrument for kind of yeah. interesting instrument control as well as yeah, as
0: well Spectrosonics control. have got the uh, the app for that as well. Uh, going back the to orb, them, which is uh, for the, controlling yeah. the orb, yeah, which is supposed to be pretty. Good. Uh, I'd like to put a shout. I mean, I do. I don't use it for music, but I'm not creating music. Kind of regularly enough, but I, 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 I am still using MIDI Designer Pro, uh, which was done by a guy called Dan Goldstein, who is now actually part of the Cherry Audio team. MIDI Designer Pro on the original iPad that I had imported for by a friend of mine who was in America when they were first, first released. And that still gets daily use. So I would like to put a shout out for that. I know, uh, Rich, mm. um, how about yourself? I mean, are you using... I know you've got the M1 <clears throat> world, but are, are you using any touch in your in your... you know day-to-day music creation business
1: i have tons of apps some of which i use occasionally and one or two of which have saved my butt um Mm -hmm. i really like using it in a pinch as a sound source particularly for the rolly instruments and the Swam uh uh model stuff which I don't have in any other form, but except on my iPad. Um, And I do have an Apogee interface that works with the iPad. And one time in a pinch, I had brought the iPad and the Apogee interface to a studio where I thought I was doing a vocal session all day. And as it turned out, we weren't. And I had keyboards to play. And I was very able to use iPad apps, my Apogee interface. And uh, I was actually using the Seaboard Block at the time. and got some really, really good and satisfying results. So it saved my butt that day and I quite enjoyed using it and having it in such a compact form and sounding so good. Um, The other most interesting application I've seen in the music audio world for it is the fact that it allows people who are operating digital consoles in live um, environments to be able to walk around the room and adjust as needed. Which is something, you know, being chained to the console position is not necessarily a great thing for most people who are doing live sound. And so where you have digital consoles that support it, it's really useful to be able to um, walk around the room with your iPad in your hand and make random, you know, small adjustments to get things more into focus than they are underneath that canopy where you've been placed in the back of the hall in some place where it doesn't sound good to begin with and you're trying to mix a show. So uh I really like those applications as well. And then I'm sure there's plenty of others that I'm not touching on, but those are the ones that stand out for me as the most useful.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough. I think that's good. Thanks for the question. Um got another question. Uh this one is from Rocky67 via uh, this is really for you guys. Uh he, just got a uh boss gr55 and blames you uh and the question is what was the most recent bit of hardware an internet influencer uh talked you into buying and and i'm not fishing for anything here i i I literally you know apart from me if i've done that you know then that's great but uh, what's not what i'm actually fishing for at all uh rick uh get the gas uh
2: so who who what's the question exactly sorry Exactly.
0: Uh, exactly. <laughs> the question was, uh, what What was the most recent bit of kit an internet oh, influencer right. okay. talked you into buying?
2: Yeah, let me think who that was. Which culprit was that? Um, oh gosh! Um, looking around here, it's probably modular stuff, isn't it? It's probably DivKit or uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, my yeah. love, probably one of those pesky lighters um i do get a lot of people really cross with me uh, over this very <laughs> issue um but i mean you know i mind you i have successfully put people off more things than the other way around so uh, <laughs> 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 with my with my unbelievable well, you saw, yeah you've got
0: your own antidote that's that sounds good so you've kind of <laughs> yeah
2: you, yeah
0: you've made amends <laughs>
2: <laughs> um gosh it's a tricky yeah tricky one um ah yeah modular has been more my focus of the last few years right. i suppose and yeah so it would definitely be one of those guys um uh yeah i think i'd actually div kid with stages mutable instrument stages which i think is my maybe one of the last things i bought um right well
0: fair enough uh,
2: yeah I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, hold on. Yeah. One. I, yeah.
0: Apparently I got, uh, I got someone to buy a, a modal Cobalt AM, which is actually one of the more attractive. Rich is holding a guitar up there. So who, who's responsible for that one then, Rich? Or did you do it all by yourself? <laughs> My lovely wife comes to me oh. with a Facebook marketplace
1: ad and says, does this interest you? And I looked at it and I said, boy does that interest me where is it and it was close by it was 15 minutes drive from here and it was uh i immediately made an appointment and went to see the guy and fell in love and now it's an instrument i'm striving to earn
0: (laughs) with is it an an epiphone a guild no it's
1: it's it's a uh, d'angelico
0: Ah, it's a gorgeous,
1: gorgeous guitar. And um it's like three three
0: five re- is that sort of it, the
1: vibe? that style of guitar, yes. Uh three three five style.
0: So nice. What's going on with my ears today?
1: Anyway, I think I love it. I love it. and the other one is just microphone.
0: Powerful application. You need some powerful application to uh to get that feedback going, right? <laughs> I could so in I'm not no. so
1: interested in the feedback, but yeah, if if <laughs> I were to I could get it right here using uh, Blue Cat's Axiom. But anyway, um, this microphone is the other one, and I think it's absolutely brilliant. It's the PreSonus Revelator. Uh, this one's the condenser version. They have a dynamic version as well. It's yep. not just a microphone. It's an audio interface. It comes with attended software. It hosts plugins on the microphone, and I just think it's a brilliant product for the money and sounds good.
0: Yeah, well, I think the last thing that I bought that I was influenced by is probably this mic, which is the Heil... PR40 which is a dynamic mic and uh I think it was uh cuz I, I I was on Office Hours Global um a couple of days ago oh yesterday actually do if you could, it's still on, it's online We're doing a sort of rack special and uh previously they were talking about mics and they, you know I know loads of people all the Twit network lots of people lots of people on that show use this and uh it's just it seems to suit my voice really nicely uh and so I'm told in fact one of the a couple of the people on the panel there at office dot global are uh, are like long time voice over artists, and one of them said. Wow, what mic are you using? What preamp are you using? Because it really suits your voice, and I felt, I felt really kind of like, oh, that's great. This is from a guy who maybe he's been doing voiceover work for thirty-five years, and I was like, yeah. And the other thing I, I, I've done, um, which I wasn't really an influencer, but uh, I suppose it was—it's uh, the Pod, tra- the Zoom Podtrack P4, which is now what I use as the audio interface, and we use it as the audio interface for our remote and our live rigs and that is really cool piece of utility kits kit. 150 160 dollars really got a lot of mm. our features very very useful so uh that's the only other thing i would say um okay what do we do? well we're only five minutes over we could do another question i suppose uh let me just see what yeah. else there is what's what's lit uh, okay well this one was for yoad so i don't know if it's uh, maybe i'll wait until he's on because he was yeah. going to be on today uh so okay let's do this this is from JV, uh, John Van Eaton Dark uh I'm guessing it might be John Van Eaton uh and this question <laughs> is what's the rarest piece of kit anyone has well, that's an interesting one I don't know if I've had time to yes. think about this but I've got uh, I tell you what I have got that is rare um and I'll just mention that now because uh it's it's an atomic it's basically a set a uh a, a, a stovetop 1950s uh, a coffee machine that is kind of bulbous <laughs> with, a, a, and it and, and it's called Atomic, and there are two sorts made. and I used to like collecting this kind of anodized aluminium stuff, and I bought one at a car boot sale or a market like twenty years ago. And I thought, oh, I wonder if that's worth any money. And I went and had a look, and it, there are two versions, and I've got the one that's worth loads of money and is really rare. Which is like, I mean, when I say loads, it's not yeah. like millions or anything. It's really, and
2: if, that's, if anyone thinks. That's it. <laughs> If anyone thinks that you're kind of, of railroading the topic there with something not to do with music, coffee making is entirely to do with music making. So I okay. fully, yes, I think that's a, a fully fair point there. <laughs> uh, what about you got, then, Gaz? Oh, guitars, maybe some guitars. I've got some. I've got some really quite some quite rare guitars. My Rick and is pretty rare. Uh, this.
0: Oh, that's nice. Yes, I've seen you play that's that. Beautiful. You play that with um with the surf band, don't you?
2: I have done. Uh I, yeah. but more more of asteroid deluxe really, this one. Uh, but this is a one off actually, so it's it's as rare as a one off gets. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's nice. a lovely that's a lovely sort of yes yeah, that's, yeah, that's a really great. Um but um I don't know, my abyss is becoming quite rare now, I think. Um Yeah, the dreadbox. Yeah. Uh just looking round. I don't have a lot of super rare stuff. I just want to throw
0: one. I'll throw another one in. Uh, my, uh, basically, my Fulsome Clouds custom face paint faceplate 500 <laughs> yeah. across it which is uh, was made by uh, a, a, a bunch of people put it together and it was to, to commemorate 500 episodes of sonic talk and it's called fulsome mm. clouds rather than just clouds that's pretty nice. rare and i do treasure that actually quite nice. uh, quite a lot so that's pretty mm. cool uh, I, I suppose it, i mean rarity uh, i suppose the question may more have been sort of what's valuable rare but actually there's just exclusivity rare which is really nice to have those things that are just just for you i know rich i suspect you've probably got a couple of things that you know maybe maybe are exclusive that you or or rare i don't know what have you got
1: two things spring to mind i'll go with uh, the more recent one first it's right there is the touch digital controller for the Imposter 2 software.
0: Oh, yeah. Handmade
1: by <laughs> Kent Spong. And yeah. actually, uh, my name is on the serial number plate. Um, so I'd say that's pretty rare. And nice. the other one is the 1914 Steinway 6-foot Model O grand piano that's downstairs in my former dining room that I grew up playing as a kid and that has now found its way back to me, thank goodness. And that's pretty darn rare and it's in good playing shape and is kept in good playing shape
0: nice my my baby
1: that's what that's what everything that's what informed my hearing as a as a human being i everything i do and hear came from my experience of that piano and shaping what i thought sound should be and so for me it's got it's a profound relationship with an instrument
0: Nice. That's great. I like that. That's that. I mean, those are the sort of things that. I uh, mean, I mean, I used to have um, some <laughs> older dr- older instruments. I used to have uh, uh, a nineteen sixties Rogers drum kit, which was beautiful. It sa- it just sounded like the Meters. I mean, it was it was a beautiful thing, and I had that, and I had a nineteen seventies Music ma- Music Man a short scale bass which i've still got and a burns That's lovely. i wow. and a burns split sound um burns london split oh, yeah. sound guitar which which so basically everything was pre was 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 kind of the latest i think was 1973 so i had this kind of like late 60s early 70s comp beat combo all i needed i've got a uh uh um a Whirly EP200A. So I suppose I could have had the real vintage band, but I had to sell the drum kit, unfortunately. I didn't have space for it, but I used to sample it. It was a beautiful thing. It was a red marble, and uh, yeah, I wish I still had it, actually, but um, I don't, which is a shame. But, hey, that's the way it goes. Um, There are more questions, but I think what we'll do... I'm going to post... Because we've got voting now, so I'm going to post this link in the chat, which should go. So now people can go and vote on this. We'll see if it breaks anything, and we'll be able to see what, uh, what of the remaining questions people would like to see for next week and maybe, you know, it'll be interesting. I'll have to change the colour coding because up to now it's been a maximum of four votes. There may be uh, more people involved these days because it was for panellists. But Chats, thank you so much for participating. Thanks also to everybody in the Chats as well for um, submitting questions. And don't forget, if you really want to submit a question, what I do is I make the show for next week live uh, at the end of this session. So you can actually leave a question in next week's shows in the YouTube comments by putting QQ to begin with and it will show up and it should all come into the system as we get it more streamlined once again thanks to Dom for his uh, work on this and also uh, to Mr Wagyu himself for um, doing the uh, the admin and the uh, looking after moderating the chat and everything much appreciated so Rich um, have a great gig you're off for a gig tomorrow an in and out gig sort of quick in and quick out what's the food like at this venue you're going to you're going to be uh, being promised anything special banquet like
1: (laughs) Don't know what they're serving in uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas. We'll see.
0: Wonder what the special we'll is for Arkansas. Arkansas food special. Well, I look forward to hearing a report. Maybe back some barbecue. That.
1: Maybe some yeah. south, you know, southern U.S. barbecue. Maybe that would be nice.
0: Uh, hopefully, that sounds great. That sounds great. Yeah. And Gaz, uh, are you doing a show tonight?
2: Uh, no, uh, well, I wasn't planning on... Um, oh, you don't no, have I've, to. I, I mean, <laughs> just because I, I say... I won't get it. back into doing them. It's, uh, I, will be get, I will start back. Um, maybe I will do a show tonight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, gosh, that got me thinking. I don't you know. I, I hadn't even thought about it today. Um, I'm playing tomorrow, though, in Bristol with the Rumblows. That's the surf band oh. I am playing in in uh the canteen it's a free concert actually if anyone's in the bristol area uh it's a great band surf, surf rock we've been yeah playing i've a bit.
0: seen them they're great fun great fun to watch
2: uh, but yeah touring and stuff's over really now the summer festival's pretty much done i've got a few like kind of weekenders coming up um time to do the
0: washing right
2: what? Yes. Oh my goodness. It's a little, it's a little washing, it's a little story, right? I went on tour with the pop dungeon, the Charlotte Church pop dungeon and wearing a gold cape. And uh, <laughs> for each gig, I tell you what, when I came back, that cape stank. I tell you what, it was the smelliest piece. You know, what I mean if you're a tory musician you know about smelly laundry but nothing smells quite as bad as a stinking cape i think maybe in part because it you know all the kind of (laughs) waft that's coming off you is just sort of a mass in in the cape. oh the uh,
1: tribulations
2: well, <laughs> yeah. no, that's really
0: interesting. I, I used to, no, that's a, that. Uh, that is a very valid point. I used because I used to work with uh, theatre groups, and so uh, uh, the Natural Theatre. We tour Germany and Scarlatti's birthday party. They had these really intricate sort of 17th century style kind of composer outfits for because they were Scarlatti, but yeah, they were all featured. And obviously, you can't just wash that stuff. I mean, it's just it, it has to be professionally cleaned, you know, because it's got all sorts of taffeta and all kinds of things, you know. So that. You know, the stuff that you wear on stage in touring, particularly gold lame and things, you can't just kind of – you can't just chuck it in the washing machine at a, a, a hotel. Yeah. And Yeah, you're right, Gaz. It stays with you, doesn't it? You need backups, but you can't always yeah. take, you know, two capes on the
2: road, right? But also when you're on the road, you don't usually This is there isn't the time to look get your stuff laundered anyway. You know, you do have to kind of plan ahead and work out where you've got a day break or whatever to try and get it in because, you know, usually – it's just yeah, finding that time so uh but yeah the cape i know it was a one-off and it was a kind of gold sort of i don't know what it was made out but
0: have you kept it or is it being is it being ceremonially burnt or oh, not cleanable
2: i think it might yeah it's uh yeah no it's definitely gone now um but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, funny yeah
0: yeah well um, one of the yeah one of the lesser known uh, lesser known stories of uh, I mean I wonder how James Brand did because he always had a cape at the end of the show, didn't he? I wonder if he had a series of capes that he would use uh, or, So, you know, yeah, interesting. I don't know. It's possible. Oh I don't know. I, I mean, these are questions that perhaps, you know, we, should, we could get in depth about it. Maybe there's someone we can ask who worked on that. Anyway, uh, a great note to end on. Thanks, guys. Uh, thank you very much. Thank everybody in the chats. And thanks, everybody, for uh, joining us. It's been great fun. See you next time. Take care. Bye-bye now.